can't think of any more exciting place to be than in God's house. Amen. Amen. Worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Acknowledging what Jesus has given to us today. A new life. A life in him. A life filled with joy. If you got your Bibles, I want you to turn with me this morning to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. It's, you know, there's a subject that we don't talk about too often. Heavenly rewards. It's a neglected subject, I think, within the church. We speak more of our homes than we do our heavenly home. We talk of security, nest eggs, promotions, but little about eternal rewards. Jesus taught us to lay up our treasures in heaven. What does he tell us in Matthew 6, 19 through 20? Many of you know this probably by heart. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust do corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust do corrupt and where thieves do not break through and steal. Special rewards go to those who run life's race well. But what's involved in this race? And what are its rewards? Well, if you're in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 24, this is what Paul tells us. Know ye not that they which run the race run all? But, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. No, they do it in to obtain a corruptible crown. But we, an incorruptible. I therefore so run not as uncertainty, so I fight not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and begin bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you, Lord, for what you're going to speak to us this morning. And I pray, God, that you will take all that is spoken through you this morning to us. Let us hide it deep within our hearts that we would not sin against you. In Jesus' name. The participants in this race that Paul begins to talk about here in verse 24 are those that enter a race at a starting point. All of us have a starting point when we begin a race. There's a, a starting line, so to speak. But the starting line that Paul is talking about here is salvation. The starting point is salvation. It's in Romans 10, 9, it says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. 
Not everyone in the race is looking for heavenly rewards. There are people doing all kinds of crazy races today. Winning a race requires purpose and discipline. Paul used this illustration to explain that the Christian life takes hard work, self-denial, and grueling preparation. Now, when you came to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you thought it was going to be an easy street. You thought everybody was going to embrace your newfound Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody was going to come up to Alabama and just hug on her and say, we're so happy that you have Jesus. Not so. We don't live in a world like that. You see, the unsaved race toward hell and keep storing up wrath. Fire awaits at the finish line. And the only prize is perdition. It refers to an utter loss, eternal destruction, or disassociation. Everything about a sinner's race is temporary except the eternal punishment at the end. The Christian life, on the other hand, is a life of a race that we, that we go with the Lord and we, and we strive daily to become more like Jesus. And our prize at the end is eternal life. I don't know about you, but that's what I desire. I desire to finish my race well. I desire that I would have an eternal prize, an eternal home with my Lord Jesus Christ. Those who have been born again are in life's most important race. Rewards await every believer at the finish line. The finish line is the judgment seat of Christ. When Jesus calls your name and says, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter in. Hallelujah. Are you looking forward to entering in? Are you looking forward to that place that spot in heaven that Jesus has prepared just for you. He can't wait for you to get there. I can't wait to get there. But he's prepared that place. There are other texts throughout the scripture that also speak to us about this race. Matter of fact, in Philippians 3.14, it says, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God. In Christ Jesus. And in Hebrews 12.1, therefore, seeing we also are compressed about with such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doeth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. What is it? Don't go with audiness and and all of that. Go with humility and being humble and letting people see the Lord Jesus in you as he intended to be seen in you. See, so many times I think we scare people away from the gospel because we tell them of, the, of their problems in their life. People say, oh, well, you know, those who smoke, they aren't going to heaven because they're defiling the temple of the Holy Spirit. My, my saying to a person who says something like that is this. When did you become God? When did you become the judge? Yeah. 
I've read the whole scripture. and doesn't say anything in there about smoking keeping you out of heaven. Nor does it say drinking keeps you out of heaven. It tells you what it does. What did the word just say? Confess with thy mouth that the Lord Jesus Christ is Lord and ye shall be saved. We have a special relationship with the Holy Spirit. We, we come to Jesus. Jesus does the cleaning out. Let me tell you, church, he does the cleaning out. We don't do the cleaning out. It's not anybody in this room's responsibility to clean up somebody else's life. It's your responsibility to get your own life cleaned up and take care of your own business. That's what Jesus intended. A, a person who has entered into a race, who is going to look forward, he sees it. He knows what the prize is at the end, whether it's a trophy, a money, a car, whatever it may be. He is focused on that finish line. He is focused on getting there. He's not focused on the other runners in the race. He's not focused on what shoes they're wearing, what shorts they're wearing, what kind of outfit they have on. Is it giving them the edge to, to get forward a little faster? He's not focused on any of that. In church, we got to stop focusing on other people around us and we need to start focusing within and the prize that God has set before us. Amen. Paul referred to earthly games and that having corruptible crowns of no lasting value. He probably had in mind the games at the, at the Corinthian Citadel where the prizes were garland made of pine or some parsley or some olive or some ivy that was twined that they put on the And that thing would just fade away, crumble and break up and be gone. How temporary are the prizes that most people seek throughout this lifetime? Accumulated wealth has no value at life's end. I'm not saying God doesn't want you to have money. I'm just telling you, you get store up great amounts of wealth. And when you die, guess what you aren't taking with you? Your great amounts of wealth. I've seen funerals where coffins were made of gold. I guess they thought they needed some more pavement up north. I don't know. What did Timothy say in 1 Timothy 6, 7? For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. Whoa, there's a shocker. I won't preach that on Palm Beach. I'll get shot. Prestige and popularity are fading rewards that are often lost before the finish. A Christian's race is a lasting rewards. Revelation twenty two twelve says, and Jesus says this, and behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give to every man according to his work. It shall be. Jesus says that. He tells us when he's coming, what he's bringing with us, or what he's bringing with him. But church, I think what we have to remember is this. I think we have to remember
there's a price for running the race. There's a price for running to win the prize in this race. The price is rejection. The price is hatred. The price is being pushed away by family, friends, or people you may know. Paul made it very clear when he said, I therefore run, not as uncertainty. There was no doubt in Paul's mind. There was no doubt about Paul's intention to win the prize. He didn't have time or energy to waste on frivolous things. And guess what? Neither do we. That has not changed. They talk about a mandate. Every president that comes into office has a mandate that they want to accomplish in their first what is it, 90 days or 120 days, whatever it is. Paul says we have a mandate right here. And that mandate is to seek and to save those which Jesus came to, to get, the lost. Our mandate is to preach the gospel to every creature and every nation. Jesus has not given us an out. He has not said, okay, well, you've come to me. I'm your savior. You recognize that now. Take it easy. Everybody take a deep breath. It's a shoe in. I'm in. But what about those around you? Are they in or are they out? Your responsibility is the Great Commission. You see, Paul had his eye fixed on the prize at the finish line. He tells them, Philippians 3, 13 and 14, Brethren, I count it not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Jesus Christ. Winning the prize demands strenuous discipline and self-denial. How many of us believe in self-discipline and self-denial? You know we live in a country, the richest country in the world. You know how they say that? They say because there's no other country where people, for the most part, just about every grown adult has an automobile in their driveway. Two or three televisions hanging on their walls in their home. Cellular phones, computers, things that keep us in contact with one another. Most countries don't have half of the people in their country with these kind of devices, with this kind of accessibility. Paul brought his body into subjection, not giving unto the lust of laziness. You see, we're in, the, we're in the habit of doing that. We're in the habit of becoming lazy, fat Christians. We want to go to church and we want to have devotions and we want to soak it all in. We just want to keep eating and eating and eating. 
and we stuff ourselves. But you know what? We don't do anything with it. We don't give it out. We don't share it. We don't tell the world about it. We don't tell the world what Jesus has done for them and for us. But pastor, come on. I mean, have you seen what's going on? We're living in a, a pandemic time. We, this is a pandemic. We can't go and meet with people. We can't go talk to people. We have to stay away from people or we're liable to get sick. How many think your pastor is a good guy? I'm going to share something with you. It's going to change your opinion. You ready? I was working diligently Friday, hard. I told my wife about this. And I had my mask on, and, but it was pulled down. My nose was exposed. And a lady came into the store with a real raspy man-like voice. I didn't look up. I didn't acknowledge her. I thought it was one of the guys, as a matter of fact. And they, they said to me, can you cover your nose, please? And I said, can you mind your own business? <laughs> the manager of the store came up and tapped me on the shoulder and said, you can't talk to people like that. And when I looked up, there was this lady standing there. And I apologized to her. I said, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see you standing there. I, I said, as a matter of fact, I thought it was one of the guys behind me. That didn't help anything, did it? <laughs> didn't help anything at all. We ought to be willing to pay the price of Paul's example. We ought to be willing to pay the price of Jesus' example. Reaching out into the world, taking a hold of the prize that has been set before us. We make mistakes. How do I know this? Because we're human. The word of God has to remind us. There are none righteous, not none. He has to remind us of this. There's none of us perfect. So if you came in here this morning having this perfect attitude about you and the world, well, I hate to break it to you. There are none perfect. There are none righteous, not none. What are we to do in, the, in these times? Well, we're to, enter to, we're, we're to enter the race to eternal rewards by faith in Christ. That's how we're going to receive the prize that Jesus has sent before us. By faith, we're going to receive this. He tells us this. We gain eternal rewards by surrendering all to him. Not some of the things in your life, but all the things in your life. We must surrender unto him. Not yielding in anything. Some people in life don't want to give up everything. They got to hold on to some things. I don't know why, but they do. 
Whatever happened to self-discipline? Many speakers and there are many books on this subject, but not many tackle discipline. Not many people want to help you deal with the discipline in your own life. Self-discipline requires an honest look at your strengths and your weaknesses. So if I was to tell you this morning, I want you to look at all of your strengths and I want you to write them down in one column. And I want you to take all your weaknesses and write them down in another column. And I want you to evaluate them. You see, when we look at the weaknesses and the strengths with an emphasis on the latter, it means building the will to say no. When powerful appetites inside inside of you scream yes, say no to your friends or situations that will lead you away from Christ. What's holding you to unsaved people? What's keeping you tied to them? Most of you in this room could say they're family members. See, I am of the persuasion of this. I don't stop praying for anyone until they take their last breath. I continue to pray for unsaved people every single day because God hasn't told me to stop praying for them. They may not like me. There are some people who have told me they don't like me. That's fine. I still pray for them. I pray that Jesus will somehow get a hold of their heart. He will somehow send a seed and plant it into the heart of that individual that they will come to Jesus Christ. We have to say no to laziness in favor of can do or I will do. Self-discipline is a long, steady course of learning attitudes. You mean I got an attitude? Yeah, some of us have attitudes. Sometimes they're bad, sometimes they're good. Most times bad. When people get an attitude, it's because they didn't get what they wanted. Amen? I mean, it's truth. People have good attitudes all the time until you disrupt it and give them something bad. That's when the attitude comes out. That's when it's revealed. When Paul says he might be declared unfit in order to stand aside, because he says what? As a castaway. He does not mean that he will lose his salvation, but rather that he could lose his privilege of telling others about Christ. You see, all of us have to stand up. All of us have to proclaim the gospel message. The race is, the race is coming to an end. I think if each of you began to focus on the end of this race, most of you could see the finish line. Every day here means we're one day closer to Jesus Christ and his appearing. That trumpet's going to blast and there's going to be a great, departure 
from this earth. And those who aren't in the race will be left behind. So if I asked you this morning, in your mind, who can you think right now, who do you think is going to be left behind? Who do you know that's going to be left behind? Who do you know that's not going to finish that race the way you're going to finish? Who do you know in that particular aspect? Because if you know someone like that, we need to start declaring to them that there is a race that we're in and that race is coming to a close. And you'd like them to finish with you. We must be careful. We must be careful to practice what we preach. Because if we were to look at our lives and we are telling people about Christ, but we're not living as Christ told us to live, what are people seeing in us? I don't know how many times throughout my life I've heard, are you practicing what you preach? And I have to examine myself. I have to examine my life. And I have to understand that if I am not, I need to, I need to get things right with Christ. I need to fix it immediately. Because there is no time church, no time like the present to live for Christ, to give your life to him, to surrender your all to him. Because who's going to be at the end of the finish line? Who's going to be calling your race? Who's going to be looking at you and saying, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter in into your rest. Who is the one calling the race for you? I can guarantee you it's not going to be any political official on this earth. It's not even going to be Satan. But it's going to be Jesus Christ who's going to call your race. Is your name in the Lamb's Book of Life? Are you ready for the finish? Because we have a long way to go if we have not called Jesus our Lord and Savior. Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you this morning for each one that is here. I thank you, Lord, for your word and, Lord, how you have spoken to each of us this morning. Lord, we are all participants in this race. Lord, but that starting point begins with you. And I pray this morning that each one in this room, Father, is having a relationship with you. Each one in this room has called you their Lord and Savior. Maybe there are those that are watching this morning and they're hearing this message for the first time. Maybe they need to understand that you are calling to them. Lord, whoever it is, I pray now in Jesus' name that you will just begin to speak into our hearts and our lives. Maybe you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I've been struggling. 
I just need prayer from the saints to continue to encourage me, to continue to help me to finish the race well. Maybe that's you this morning. You want to slip your hand up, I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you. Encourage us in the faith, Lord Jesus. Help us to win the prize that you have set before us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.